Yeah. Maybe it was our old friend the cactus thief. Oh, yeah, he was a prickly customer, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going completely mad? Maybe you are. Maybe you did it. Yeah. So you're such a big fan of murder. What the? Sergeant Angel. Yes! Sir! You have the right to remain Edgar but it may harm your review if you do not mention when questioned what you thought about last night in Soho. Anything you do say may be related to aspects of filmmaking. <laughs> Welcome to that damn film show. <laughs> the only thing is, I'm pretty sure you said questions instead of question. Oh, I probably did. I know. You there was a lot it. to remember. No, I'm not a policeman, it. right? Redo it. <laughs> ah. Anyway. Hello, people. Hi. Hello, children. Hello, hello, hello. This is DJ Dizzle and DJ Actually, Frizzle. It's D DC Ashby and PD Hampson. Oh yeah, it fits mm. in with the theme. Nice. All right, so it's all coming it's together. All like it was planned out from birth. <laughs> <laughs> it's all led up to this moment. Our parents are there, like finally they've worked it out. <laughs> Almost like all this time, like a murder mystery, like the film. Yeah, exactly. Because what are we talking about? Talking DJ about Fizzle. You mean P.D. Hampson? P.D. Hampson. Well, uh, Detective Constable Ashby, we're talking about Last Night in Soho, which now that we mention it, doesn't actually have that many cops in it, but another Edgar Wright film does, which is Hot Fuzz, so it still counts. Yeah, yeah there's a few. It in has it. like two or three cops. Two or three, yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's enough cops. Yeah. Yeah, Last Night in Soho, Edgar Wright's new film. It uh, came out like 29th of October, something like that. Yeah, it's like Friday, I think. Last it's, Friday. His thriller, semi-horror movie, wouldn't really say it's scary, more to the fact that you could watch it, is, yes. you know, kind of proves it's not that scary, but it's not really meant to be. I don't think he ever went into it trying to make a pure horror film. It's more meant to be a murder mystery thriller film, and he pulls that off. Hmm. So it stars, uh, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, but I'm going to give it a go, <laughs> Tomazin, Tomazin, Tomazin? Or Thomason. Thomason McKenzie, playing Eloise. Uh, who is a country bumpkin coming from... Does it ever say we should come... Cornwall. Oh, Redruth. Yeah, which I've been to Redruth. Oh, have you? And there's a bit where they talk about driving back there. That would take literally like eight hours. <laughs> from <laughs> Redruth to London must be about that. But they don't actually do it at the end, do they? No. Well, it must be about five hours because it's about three hours from here and we're in Bristol mm. and London's another two and a bit hours from us. Yeah. So, yeah. But there's anyway, probably another They don't route. actually do it, but still, it would take a fucking long time. <laughs> um, so she is a fashion designer student. Well, she she's moving to London to become a student in fashion design. She moves there. Um, she has, it shows this from the start, she kind of has a power where she can see the dead and she can see her mother who's died this is right at the beginning so it's not really any of a spoiler um but she moves to london uh moves into a house that uh someone well i won't go into more details than that but so she moves into a house where someone used to live and she starts having dreams of this person who was alive in the 60s she's a big um like essentially kind of like a model but she's like a singer and does all these different um clubs and stuff mm -hmm. and it goes into the mystery of her of that woman's past and then eloise trying to find out what happened to this woman uh this woman is sandy is the 60s character and she's played by anya taylor joy sandy indeed and it's all about her relationship with a man called jack who's played by matt smith and that's pretty much your three biggest actors in it but yeah um the trifecta but yeah beyond that it's it's a murder mystery so i can't really go into much details beyond that without spoiling things but it's yeah don't want to spoil a mystery no defeat the point not really not really it's not ruddy mysterious after that. <laughs> um, and this film is ruddy, ruddy mysterious. mysterious um yeah that's very good good synopsis good, good, good a bit yeah, of synopsisation. Yeah. i can hear rabbits digging upstairs <laughs> They're, the they're like, yes. They're burrowing. <laughs> they're trying to get involved. <laughs> that rabbit will fall through the roof later. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Just takes over our, our positions. <laughs> um, but random, well, li li little factoid for this one. This is Diana Riggs' last film. It is. Because um, uh, Edgar Wright filmed, well, uh, Edgar Wright did, his, did her very last line with her 
yeah. or something he was saying in an interview the other day. Do you yeah. also know, because she was a uh, Bond girl, mm-hmm. she was in on Her Majesty's Secret Service. See, if only she was in th- uh, Thunderball, because you actually see Thunderball yeah. in the background in one of the shots. Don't you? But this this is what I was going to say. There, there's, there are a lot of Bond references throughout Edgar Wright's work. So, like you say, you've got the Thunderball reference, which I think is more to establish what year it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got, like you say, Diana Rigg. She was... Bond's love interest in Her Majesty's Secret Service. But interestingly enough, it's weird coincidence. I think her name's Margaret Nolan. I could be wrong. Um, I think it's the actress that plays Ellie's mother. Mm-hmm. She was also a Bond girl. She was oh, in right. Goldfinger. Um, let me have a look. Your and cat is attacking his tail. Oh, he's always doing that. S- silly, silly feline. I will throw something soft at him. Yeah. Take throw, a sock, throw, you throw bastard. His, throw his toy at him. That might work. He didn't react to the sock. I'm going to throw a second sock at him. Yeah, okay, I missed a, there's with There's the a toy sock. right down there. Yeah, but that means reaching. There we what go. Am I, what, my maid of arms? Margaret Nolan, uh-huh. her character, sorry, is not the mother. Apparently, she's a sage barmaid in the film. So I think she's from maybe the 60s section. Okay. Uh, she was a Bond girl in Goldfinger. Uh, so there's okay. two Bond girls in this, and she died after That's they'd filmed it. Interesting, because he normally gets Bond actors in his films. Exactly. Well, so. You got Pierce Brosnan in World's End, mm-hmm. and Timothy Dalton in Hot Fuzz. Was there anyone in Baby Driver? No, hmm. I don't think so. Before we carry I on, I mean, though. there's Austin Powers' masks. He's, a, that's true. he's an international he, man of mystery. That's true. And he's a spoof of Bonds, so it adds up. There you go. Um, before we carry on, though, we have got the socials again, like we forgot last time as well. Yes. I actually remembered, and then we started, and I forgot. So but You can do it this time. Okay. So we've got the the classic trio, facebook.com forward slash that damn film show, twitter.com forward slash Dan film show, and then Instagram, Dan, Dan. film show. With underscores, with underscores. Um, so yeah, okay. check them out. I mean, we we're now updating them pretty much daily, every day apart from the weekend. So we've got uh, Monday movie mention because there's actually movies to mention now. Because there's it's for like sort of semi new releases. Then you've got Tuesday trivia, your film of the week on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Thursday is our hint day, and, and then Friday is the episode release. The release. You got it. So nice little keeping the keeping nice the swish. Keeping the interest alive. Indeed. Hopefully. That's the plan. Fingers crossed. Yeah. If, you know, if, if you're listening, hopefully you're interested. Is anyone out there? <laughs> For fuck's sake, listen, you bastards. <laughs> anyway. Back to the film. Yes. Uh, so you heard the synopsis. What did you think of it? I thought it was very good. I thought it was ruddy mysterious and very really good as well. It did. There was a lot I liked about this film. Yeah. Being brutally honest, I don't think it's his best. No. I think it's got less it's got less wide appeal than his other films but I would say it's perhaps one of his best shot definitely the uh, cinematography in it is very good I'd agree it's more for me it's just some things about it don't work but I'd have to say overall there's there's more that I liked about it than I disliked it was a very small uh, percentage that I wasn't so keen on mm. and even some of those things thinking on it and kind of viewing it in a different light after having a bit of time to think about it i'm like oh maybe maybe actually mm. um, but we'll get into that more because obviously they're specific areas and we'll naturally yeah get to them discuss them at that point um yeah i really enjoyed it actually i mean i i i wouldn't say in no way is it a bad film it's maybe it's hard to say because I don't want to make it sound like a bad film because it's not in any way. Mm-hmm. But I would say I enjoy Edgar, Wright fil- Edgar Wright's other films more. And although you and Ben disagree, <laughs> cat being attacked by a villain, uh, <laughs> although you and Ben disagree with it, it didn't feel as much like an Edgar Wright film as his other films. Mm-hmm. But that's not in a bad way or anything. It's still a very well shot, well directed, well acted film. Um, it's just not like it's uh, hot fuzz. Like I watch over and over again. It's quotable. It's every every line is memorable. It's silly. It's funny. It, it's everyone remembers that film. Yeah. Um, Shaun of the Dead, World's End as well. They've all got these big quotes in it. 
baby driver in its own way is very intense and like um exciting and lots going on to sort of keep it going this is a bit more a bit more slow paced a bit more personal but it all still works very well i can't i can't say it's like it's his worst film because it's not and no. i wouldn't say any of his films are his worst film if that makes sense because he hasn't got a bad film i th i think it's the same thing as nolan i'd, I'd mm. say and i like all of nolan's films but i know which ones i prefer over exactly yeah. that's what that's what i mean it for me I mean, I need a second watch because I might change my mind. But for me, it's not quite as good as the others. But then that's like, but it's still extremely good mm. because even it, even if there's a few things I don't like about it, he is so distinctive and good with certain things mm. that there's always going to be something that, that you take away and you'll like. Well, for, I, I personally will with Edgar Wright. Yeah. And that film could have been made by another director, and it wouldn't have had wouldn't have had the same the style same impact. impact. Yeah, you know. um, but it's a very well written film. And uh, you were saying that, so it, it's partially based on how he felt when he went to London, yes. from what I was getting from his interview with Russell Howard the other day. Um, and then it's also written by who, who was the woman who helped him write it i think her name's christy wilson Carnes. i'll just double check her name. you said she wrote something else she recently. wrote 1917 really out oh, there yeah and she's she's written a few other things she's a good writer <laughs> mm. um but i was saying to you because i i i don't think you know men can write yeah. female parts that's and, and women you can, can have male parts yeah exactly however there is something to be said about a woman writing a female character yeah there's going to be an authenticity. It's the perspective that you can't, exactly. you literally can't have it as a man because exactly. you aren't a woman to have that perspective. So and I it's think she, definitely a good thing to do. She probably brought that side of it anyway yeah. in terms of, because the start of this film, there's a lot of stuff where she's feeling a bit alienated. Mm. Um, she's feeling intimidated yeah. around certain male characters. Um, and I think, yeah, it's Christy Wilson can't. Mm. Um, so so yeah i think that's that collaboration is good because you get a mixture of styles yeah um and there's a lot of uh towards the start of the film there's a lot of like really dodgy men like sort of flirting with her or coming on to her and stuff and i feel like that would be unlikely that a man would have written that mm. because don't get me wrong as, as i get older you kind of hear a lot more of this shit and it's horrible but I feel like I get yeah. It's probably not a, something Edgar Wright wrote into. It. It's probably not something he necessarily thought about. Yeah, because that that wouldn't have been his experience in London. No. sort of thing, you know. No, yeah. so so they both bring their experiences, um, and something I really <laughs> thought was very well done um, before she starts traveling backwards in her dreams when she's still in the present day London. Um, she's kind of a bit of an outcast. Mm. She doesn't really fit in. <clears throat> and uh, there's a sequence at the start where she already is kind of pushed out of the social group mm. because she's a little bit different. Um, and then they go out on the town. So she's she's sharing her room with the, another fashion student. Well, they're all fashion students, mm. <clears throat> but they're very cliquey and they're all into modern fashion. And she's more into the 60s style, yeah. with 60s music. Uh, she's alternative, so uh, they kind of... They're, they're, they're t they tease her yeah um, and then it just gets worse mm. and there's a there's a scene where she comes back early because she's not having fun and she goes to bed and then there's just they have a massive party and mm. she's walking around in like in her, her duvet, duvet listening to music and I had some good times at uni but my first year I do relate a lot to that feeling mm. quite a lot like an outsider and Bristol's a lot nicer than London. Yeah. But this is before second year and I met you and other people that I really remember. But when I was in halls in first year, don't get me wrong, I met some nice people, mm. but I also had some experiences like that. Yeah. And for me personally, I really could connect. It helped me connect with that character mm. really well because I was like, oh yes, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Because I think, I don't know how, they never say how old she is, but the actress was born she's she's about nine ten years younger than us yeah so i can remember back to my early 20s and experiencing that 
Yeah. And, and I think that was done very effectively. I think um, Ben was saying that she's in Jojo Rabbit. She's the yeah. Jewish girl. That, yeah, the Jewish girl that she finds. I've not seen it, but she's also in the new Shyamalan movie. Old. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, she she's very good. In fact, how old is she? So, she's... 2000, so she's 21. Yeah. Um, yeah, so exactly about the time I was in uni. See, that that's good casting, because normally a lot of the time actors playing people of that age are actually quite a bit older like mm. tom holland's actually like 25 and he's yeah. playing like a 16 year old it's <laughs> weird um but yeah she would well, might as well jump kind of into acting there yeah, but that's a good segue what was her name again tom thomas and mckenzie in that uh yes thomas thomas in mckenzie yeah she was very good um she has a very distinct accent slash voice is that is she actually sound like that normally well, she's a new zealander Oh, okay. That would yeah. But I couldn't I pin it down. So. Presume she was doing a Cornwall accent. Mm. I could definitely get a hint of it, um, but I'm not that familiar with a Cornwall accent, so I don't know how good it is. It wouldn't Did... be my place to comment on it. Yeah. But she didn't sound like a New Zealander, so she no, was definitely she, putting she on sounded some like accent. she was from somewhere in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in that respect, she did a good job. But yeah, I think that's uh, it, it's quite an interesting casting because it's not. Even in today's day and age, you don't really get many female-led movies no. in general. But to get one of a character of an actress this young is even even rarer, I'd say, to be honest. And the two main characters are two quite young female characters. That's pretty pretty rare to see. And I think that kind of adds a uniqueness to the film mm -hmm. that it's, you know, it's impressive that he's done it. I mean, all of his other films, the main characters have all been male. Yeah. Which, nothing wrong with that, but that's what films he's done. So it's quite interesting to see him. This feels like he's gone very out of his comfort zone yeah. in terms of what he's going to go for. And I think he's done a really good job with it. Um, but yeah, anyway, she, she was very good. She bought a lot of... She was funny when she needed to be. She had a lot of drama in her as well. And it never felt, she never felt um, wooden or anything. She, no, she always had a lot of character to her. And she, she became likable quite quite early on sort of thing yeah and um she played the although she's not meant to actually be going crazy she played the kind of going crazy sort of well as well so yeah all, all very good really i think she'll have a i think after this film especially because like i said she's in jojo rabbit and she's very good in that jojo rabbit's kind of a combination between a serious a very serious and dark film and also a comedic film mm -hmm. and this is going more towards the serious side again yeah yeah i think she'll be getting some big some big sort of dramatic roles in the future i think she's gonna be a pretty popular actress in the future she's really good i hope she does does get more because she is the the linchpin that holds everything together in this film them i mean anna taylor joy is quite important but i would say um tom thomas and mckenzie mm. uh, ellie is the most important character yeah and like you say, she's got to be likable and she's got to be um, believable as kind of losing her mind. Mm. Um, and she she does convey that very well. Um, you do feel a lot of sympathy towards her character. Yeah. Especially because the other characters around her are such fucking arseholes. Yeah. The one problem I did have with the film, which on reflection, I've actually, I'm kind of reassessing. Mm -hmm is how nasty the other characters were. Because there were points where I thought, would someone actually say that? Mm. But then on reflection, I think, yeah, people are fucking dicks. So probably. Oh, what, with the stuff about her mother and stuff? Well, just, yeah, there were certain lines that felt a bit too... Um, a, 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 like, I don't know if people would actually have the confidence yeah, whether to or not say it'd be, that. But I suppose most of the lines she says, she doesn't say to her face, does she? No, but there there are some like when that guy comes up to her roommate in the pub mm -hmm. and says, "My cock's died." You oh know, yeah, line, yeah, yeah. I thought, would anyone actually say that? And I th and you'd be surprised. Depressingly, that's what the that's why I'm saying I'm yeah. reassessing it because depressingly, actually, it's probably bang on the money. I get the feeling that the woman, if it was the female writer, what was her name again? The person that wrote uh, it, Christy Wilson Khan. I get the feeling it may have been something she's heard. Yeah, you know, uh, she she probably didn't just pull or it out either of, her of them. Ass. I mean, either, either of them. Yeah, so I, I've heard some god awful lines in my time, and I heard some 
fucking terrible. Yeah, and you got to remember I've seen terrible things. Exactly, you got to remember he's drunk, and yeah. I've had people, I've heard things of had people tell me things about yeah. uni stories and yeah actually it's probably probably true more <laughs> authentic than i like to admit. especially in london yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah that is uh i forgot her fucking name again tomlinson mckenzie tomlinson mckenzie yeah uh let's move on to anya taylor joy is pretty much the second biggest actor well second biggest character I'd yeah s- the, i suppose the biggest actor in it is probably matt smith but Yes. And then, uh, what was the older one's name? Terence Stamp is... Terence Stamp is in it, but what was the landlord called? Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg, yeah. yeah. She's probably bigger than all of them, but... Yeah, um, Anya Taylor-Joy, I've I've not... Apparently, she's in X-Men New Mutants. Yeah, she plays the uh, Russian character. Oh, okay. Yeah, can, like, I think I can remember. Bring stuff from other dimensions. I haven't she's seen... She's in Split as well. Oh, she's, she, she's the girl out of Split. Is she? And Glass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yes. She's very good. Yeah, I'm just looking at her filmography now. So Glass and Split, yeah. Yeah, she was very good. I thought I hadn't seen her in anything else, but I recognised the name instantly. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I must have seen her in something. But yeah, she was very good as well. She. She's only 26? No, 1996. She should be 25 she conveyed an older character i felt than that um maybe it's because it was the 60s people generally did have to grow up a bit quicker than we do now let's be honest we're a bunch of babies but um, it's also the circumstances because she gets involved with some kind of seediness seediness so it's um and and she's singing and dancing so she's Mm. acting more mature to get where she needs to be um Uh, but she she played she plays a very confident character uh, at least at the start and she pulls that off really well considering i suppose in x-men new mutants she's playing quite a confident character as well but in split obviously not so much um but yeah i think she pulled it off really well she um she played a character that's got many different layers to them and sort of you never quite know how she's gonna how she's gonna keep progressing sort of mm-hmm. thing and I think that's what made it very interesting. But yeah, she, without going to too much spoilers, as the film goes on, things get a lot darker. I feel like her reactions to things were very, is stoic a positive word? <laughs> um, Stoic? Yeah. Would you, do you mean in the sense that, I don't know what I mean, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I retract my statement. I mean, I guess what's what's interesting about her performance is, she she does become quite uh, emotional and mm. angry later on. Yeah. But there there are points where she's almost um numb to it. Mm. And and that's kind of what there's there's points where she's forced to do stuff that she doesn't want to do and because she kind of feels she needs to get well, she doesn't have a choice if she yeah. wants to do what she wants to do, she has to do these things. Mm. Um, and it's quite a disturbing sequence where she has these men keep coming up to her. Yeah. Because basically Jack, Jack serenades her and promises her this life of singing mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But then he starts doing dodgy things like saying, oh, you need to go and keep this guy company, that yeah. old chestnut. Um, and she, there's this very well edited sequence where it's like a different guy and they're doing the same thing of passing her a glass. Yeah. But it's a different Joe each time. And she's becoming more and more. She's just dead to it. Yeah. Um, and that's freakier in a way instead of yeah. her kind of freaking out. It's her just being kind of her accepting it. it yeah. yeah. Um, and that she acts that very well. And it's it's a makes for a very unsettling watch. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's not a scary film. It's just incredibly unsettling because it's mm. the sad thing is, you know, that this very likely did happen in the like this sort of stuff did happen back then. Yeah, and in some ways still does now. But yeah, it's it's a very unsettling film, and it, I, that's what it's meant to do. You know, it's it's not like it's done a bad job in that. Um, but yeah, with with uh, Anya Taylor Joy and her performance as well, she really pulls that off and. You know, it, it, but both the two female leads in this are very strong actresses. I feel like Edgar Wright probably took a long time picking these. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, and they're, they complement each other very well. Well, complement <clears throat> and contrast is quite interesting because at the start, 
when obviously Ellie's first entering this dream or vision or whatever you you call it so it <clears throat> it's she's seen it through um sandy's eyes and it gives her a confidence because you were saying sandy's <laughs> confident yeah ellie's the opposite she has a lack of confidence. she gets more confident after seeing more and more of her exactly and then as sandy starts to lose her confidence mm. and you know unravel it's mm. really well timed and coordinated but that's the same obviously ellie starts to unravel yeah and the intensity builds and builds which they've done amazingly with how they filmed it how the score works uh, how it's written how it's directed but mm. like you say you need really strong performances to convey that yeah um and and they do. that's what they <laughs> these actresses do mm. so um third one then i suppose is matt smith mm. which i've never actually i don't think i've seen him in anything other than a couple of episodes of doctor who which i've never been into doctor who no has he been in anything else that i might have seen i've seen him in a few things i can't remember but there's there is a film that i have seen him in where he plays uh, a very flannel type character it's it's a period piece and he's trying to he's been matched up with this woman and she's not interested in him because he is just a just a damp kind squid. of pathetic man um, he's a damp squid he, yeah exactly <laughs> um and he is he's pathetically funny in that mm -hmm. um this is a much more serious role for him i'm looking at his filmography yeah he hasn't really done that much apparently he was in terminated genesis oh yeah i <sighs> The problem is anyone that's in that film yeah. is just in a bad film. <laughs> yeah, they they don't get a chance to do a good performance. Yeah, I mean it's he was also in the Crown, which is on Netflix. Apparently, that's really yeah. Good. I've heard he's in that, but I haven't watched it, so I can't say. And but... he's going to be in Morbius. The, oh, okay. Yeah, so randomly, um, but yeah, he was very good as well. Very, it's very opposite doctor who which is good mm. you don't want him to keep playing doctor who uh in funny enough he kind of reminds me of david tennant in um jessica jones season one yes i can that see that he's very very dark but also very manipulative and he's also like he pulls off the charm and everything quite well um yeah he was very good i want to i've i have always wanted to see more matt smith because although i'm not a fan of doctor who they do always seem to get good actors for it you know, um, David Tennant being a prime example, he's a very good voice actor, and Jessica Jones, he was amazing. And Christopher Eccleston's good. Yeah, I haven't seen much Christopher Eccleston, but I, I did actually watch his season of Doctor Who, and I actually thought it was pretty good. So yeah, it was all right. Yeah, Weeping Angels was really good. Mm. But yeah, uh, very good. Basically, that's about all I can really say about him. He, he he's a slick git. Yeah, he's <laughs> the slick, best way slick to piece of shit. Yeah. But he, he pulls it. He plays it well. Um. Uh, well, well, we'll go into this. Well, we'll, we'll carry on with him first. But yeah, what what did you think of him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he he is charming at first, and he's not threatening. But there's a kind of self assuredness to him, a confidence, because yeah. he I think he owns the yeah he owns this um, venue that Sandy turns up mm. in. Um, so he's and he's rubbing shoulders with Scylla Black because there are there are mentions of real people so like obviously Scylla Black was a singer and then did mm. um blind oh, what's it called blind date whatever it's called mm. anyway you know that there, there there's real people mentioned in it so obviously he's rubbing shoulders with the stars um and there's a kind of not elegance I say but you know he he's he exudes kind of yeah respect and power but then when he changes... Yeah, he can pull off the creepiness. He's nasty. Mm. Um, and he is an intimidating presence. And yeah, I can totally see what you mean, like uh, Kilgrave. With yeah. With Kilgrave, it's, he's got this control over Sandy, which is really just disturbing. Mm. Um, and yeah, you just want to see him get fucked over royally. Yeah. Um, he's he's a nasty, nasty piece of work. Mm. Um yeah, so he does a very good performance. Mm. Um, beyond that, 
other big actors wise we can't really go into some of them due to spoiler territory yeah. um but again all of them are good um so diana rigg was was very good we, we can't really say much about her performance but she was good she's a kind of like how would you describe her strict strict landlady yeah she's playing peeled yeah um you have her group of friends but they're not they're not really in it that much i suppose michael ajeo who plays john he was good wasn't he was he? very good yeah i not, not don't recognize him from anything just looking him up now I f oh he was in attack the block which is quite good but i haven't seen that enough to know who it is oh, he was in attack the block um but that was two that was 10 years ago and he oh been... i think he's the young kid yeah you know, he must the have been pretty kids, young the two kids that are always winding the group up yeah must I be think one he's of them. one of those yeah it's... yeah because if this was 10 years ago we would have been that would make sense yeah um and that looks pretty much it so he's not been in much he's been in like a few tv shows and stuff but yeah uh he was very good as well he um he's kind of like the actual good person yeah you he's know, the like, good guy you know yeah which is something that i feel a lot of when when they have a female-led film they often make all of the male characters assholes and it's like we're not all assholes <laughs> <laughs> not all 100 percent of us so it was nice to have him be the the good character in it um yeah i agree and there's, yeah there's like the, the, the um he's not a big character but the she uh ellie ends up working at an irish pub and the young irish uh barman is also pretty sound yeah like he seems a bit um kind of switched on yeah, and more caring doesn't seem like a dick um so yeah it's uh the, yeah this film is in no way an attack on men it's no. just it focuses on unfortunately uh a group of men and one of man that, in particular yeah. who who are yeah pigs yeah um and also it's it is an interesting comparison because from the start you get this you do get this um kind of unease mm. when she's she arrives in london the taxi driver is quite sleazy sleazy um but throughout when she's in the modern soho mm. it only happens every now and again because obviously it's been 60 60 years or 50 years 60 60 years mm. christ it's been 60 years so obviously things have changed to a certain degree mm. and it's it's cleverly pointing out that look mm. not you know times have changed but not enough still because obviously they show there are yeah. still arseholes around but you know it's it's not it's still not quite as bad mm. obviously when you go back to the 60s it's a lot there's a lot heavier presence of predatory men mm. um and i think obviously that's quite a, they they do that they highlight that very well yeah uh, obviously his character is a good example of that mm. um he's likable pretty much throughout the whole film yeah um and he, he, there's even points where he does things which are a bit kind of like, oh, come on, mate. And yeah. he's, he's so sweet about it. Like, he accidentally drinks a can of her Coke. Oh, yeah. And then he buys her a Coke, mm. which is, I don't know, I found that quite romantic <laughs> for some reason. It's just like, it's just a kind of sweet little thing he yeah. does. Um, and yeah, their, their kind of back and forth, him and Ellie, was really nice. Mm. Um, good chemistry between them as well. Good chemistry. Uh, it was... it also is kind of a nice kind of temporary reprieve from the intensity of her downward spiral yeah because he's there to kind of lend a helping hand um and i mean he can't do enough because i guess it's like real life that you you've got to do it yourself mm. uh, like someone can only help you so much but just having a little bit of support there yeah and it was good that they didn't do this is thankfully starting to go away in modern films now, but they didn't just have the man come in and save the girl. Yes, exactly. Thing, which is, you know, it doesn't happen anywhere near as often as it used to, but it, I'm just glad it didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it didn't become, also it didn't become too focused on their blossoming relationship. Like, yeah. The main, this isn't really, a, I wouldn't no, say this is a romantic it's film. It's very much focused on the murder mystery side and the, the back and forth of the 60s and the modern day. Yeah, so and... Yeah. her well you don't know if it's her imagination you don't yeah. know if it's real or you don't know if it's some form of mental illness so that's i feel like that's the main mm. meat of the film yeah whereas this is like a nice sprinkling of you know it, it kind of it makes it not 
that you so bad that you want to slit your wrists basically yeah. <laughs> because there is a lot of dark stuff in this mm. um and i think there are jokes throughout it but not not to no. the scale of what we've seen with edgar right before but i think that's a good decision yeah it, it wouldn't have suited it would not have suited no. it because he was going for sinister yeah and unsettling and he pulled it off yeah yeah exactly um yeah that's pretty much it for the main, main actors the older guy in it terrence stamp terrence stamp he's very, good. he's very good as well he plays creepy old man quite well but yeah there's yeah you know there's it's in, very interesting storyline with him as well but we can we, we'll go to, into that in spoilers but he's got a great presence mm. um he's 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 just got a very good on-screen look like he he's a good actor mm. but there he kind of gives off this air of He's intriguing, but slightly scary yeah. as well. You know he's up to something, but you can't figure out what sort of thing. Yeah, and you can't help but be intrigued, even though you know you probably don't want to know. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. So he's he's like the pure example of morbid curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's like that person you shouldn't speak to, but there's something about them. Um, and there, there, there does seem to be an aura of negative energy around him. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's created through the camera work or the score and his performance it's probably a mixture of all three mm. but he he definitely gets that across quite well just seeing some of his uh his works he's turned some has been in everything he's been in loads of games as well yeah he's got a good voice um yeah i'd say that's pretty much it for acting cinematography we've said a little bit about but very good his use of lighting in this is awesome phenomenal um yeah. a lot of neon lights in it like uh in her bedroom there's a neon side right sign right outside of it and it's always flashing red blue and green i think mm -hmm. and yeah even that is cool do you want to know something crazy but when mm -hmm. i tell you you'll probably be like oh that makes perfect sense mm -hmm. director of photography did old boy the oh, original okay. old boy the good thing yeah and you can see it with the neon lights and a lot of nighttime shots the kind of uh eerie neon vibe that's mm. created i mean there's a lot of that in old boy and the, the kind of the sort of darker filters mm. on the shots all that sort of stuff uh like the use of colors and light yeah um, yeah so it's i think that that's that was a really good decision to go with that guy mm. um instead of maybe going for because he uses that he i think he uses the same editor as world's end in a lot of his other films mm -hmm which you can totally see with some of the editing and maybe even the same with the score no not the score there's something else where he's used the same person but but definitely this yeah this mm. cinematographer was a good choice yeah to bring someone in different there's a very particularly cool shot where she gets into the bed in the new flat like in in where she's living for the first time she pulls the sheet over her and the camera zooms out as she does that but like through the the quilt yeah and keeps going that's a really cool shot and i kind of wonder how they did it but she probably had a massive bed. massive bed yeah like that's what a, i'm thinking a big a, something that wasn't a bed but but the lighting and everything on that was awesome and that was a really really cool shot i thought it was really memorable I, I know it's in the trailer but in the trailer you don't see how far it goes mm -hmm. but yeah it's a very cool shot i thought it, it's funny because you know, although i said i don't think it's edgar wright's best film i think in terms of visual aesthetic it is his best yeah, film because I'd with, that. with I'd his say... other films it's more about the pace and the editing yeah i'm not saying there's not good shots of course there is because obviously a lot of the time in edgar wright films it's a pastiche or homage homage yeah. to another genre or a famous film or mm. or a direct a, a director style but there there was just something about this it was just it's visually amazing yeah and i, I was like because we saw June obviously before that, and I was thinking, do I need to see this film on a big screen? Mm -hmm. But I definitely yeah. needed to. It is worth seeing in the cinema. Yeah, I, to be fair, all of Edgar Wright's films are worth seeing in cinema. Even Shaun of the Dead is quite cool to watch in cinema because it's so like low budget British. It's hilarious. Mm. Mm, <laughs> definitely. It was quite uh, the interview with Russell Howard he had the other day. He was filming the scene where it's just outside the Winchester. And Edgar Wright was stood there, sort of, sort of looking through the crowd and everything. And some guy went to him, huh, straight to DVD for this one. And Edgar Wright, being 
too polite went oh, yeah yeah not saying that he's the director <laughs> amazing um but yeah and i've cut to go along with the cinematography is very good music as well hell of a soundtrack hell of a soundtrack like a very good mix of songs it's sort of it's a lot of 60s stuff a lot of updated stuff anya taylor joy does a few covers as well which good were voice. very good very good very voice, good voice yeah. um oh i found out what that song was though there's a there's a few moments in this film where they mix songs together. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a mixture of score and a song and maybe another song. Mm -hmm. And it's phenomenally done. Like, it's some of the best sound mixing. And it not only sounds fucking cool. So there's mm -hmm. a the first place where they do it is in the modern world where they're at the student digs, they're having a house party. And she's listening to her 60s music mm -hmm. and they're playing like a modern drum bass beat mm -hmm. and they time it mm -hmm. which obviously is something edgar wright's familiar with working with the composers it that's it it's the same composer as baby driver mm. so he's obviously working with him that makes sense exactly <laughs> he's obviously working with him to get those beats synchronized and it's well it's a remix then the second time they do it they again in the modern world they go to halloween party and they're playing two simultaneous songs. And one of the songs is, um, I've forgotten it already, but it's by Susie and the Banshees. And mm -hmm. I thought I recognized it because I love Susie and the Banshees. And it's, but that the original song's great, but the way they remix it in that scene is mm -hmm. really fucking catchy. And then they combine it with, because there's a bit of strobe lighting and uh, uh, disco lights. And yeah. it's, and then the intensity's building up. She's about to obviously have another mm. kind of hallucin hallucination scene. Mm -hmm. And it's just so well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it, really. Yeah. It, it, uh, overall, I think it was really damn good film. It's very unique. Um, like all of Edgar Wright's films are. That's the thing with Edgar Wright films is like they're all... I mean, who the hell else has made a pub crawl movie? Yeah. <laughs> of, of that style, anyway um and you know a, a a car chase slash heist slash um well car chase slash heist movie time to music i can't think of anyone else who's done that um and then this which is murder mystery across two different um time time decades, time decades yeah and uh then again mixing it very well with music and everything else as well he's definitely the most underappreciated uh director i can think of because his films just don't do that well yeah um hot fuzz has the the cornetto tree has a massive um cult following but his most successful film ever is baby driver and that still didn't make much money is that more successful than hot fuzz? i, I, I guess think it more is people, yeah more people to be honest have started liking hot fuzz after watching it on dvd yeah so they wouldn't have gone wouldn't to have been the, the box office success that yeah. baby driver was so uh baby driver made it's normally on imdb somewhere do 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 delete the barn so yeah made worldwide 226 million and Hot Fuzz made Hot Fuzzingtons. That is the official name now. Fuzzer Fuzzer was a bear. Oh, it's still loading. There we go. Almost. Almost. Wait. Eight only made eighty million dollars, which that's small. Oh point. no, you 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 poor man, eighty million dollars. Obviously, didn't make that money, but yeah, that's crazy to think that Baby Driver, which. If you say Hot Fuzz to someone in the UK, pretty much almost heard of it. If you say Baby Driver to someone in the UK, probably wonder what the fuck you're on about. But I suppose Baby Driver appealed to America more, which is a bigger mm -hmm. market. So it makes sense. That's what's impressive about this <clears throat> film as well, because I love Baby Driver. Mm. And obviously it was an idea he had a long time ago. Yeah. But having the cast he did, which was an American cast, yeah. big budget it very much feels like a bigger film. Yeah. It was very nice that this had a very down-to-earth British This is very British, it. yeah. And what I do admire, because there are still a few things I'm not sure about with this film, but what I do admire about him is his willingness to do something different. Mm. And... Never makes I the think, same film twice sort of thing. I think obviously it's got slightly mixed reviews, and I think that's because people are expecting another 
film where it's that kind of classic mm. quick quick cuts 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 um that kind of staccato effect whereas it's very much more dark serious films or yeah like, it's mm. it's a brave uh, it's a brave film to take to mm. tackle uh but thematically and the style to it everything mm. about it um making it an 18 so obviously yeah most films will want to get as low as possible to get as many people through the mm. door but he's just gone no it's gonna be a that bloody was the, film. That was the thing with this is you could have edited this in a way that it didn't need to be an eighteen, but I like the way that so most eighteens they'll just chuck in a sex scene or a naked a nudity scene just to make it an eighteen. This didn't do that at all. The storyline itself required it to be a higher age rating. May have been able to get away with a fifteen, but there would have been some scenes that just weren't as impactful because of it. Mm-hmm. But it's never it's never gratuitous and it's never um it's it's never sexually explicit, which I think is good because the I, I just I always feel in films there is never it's very rare that there is a story that requires that. No. Um and this although there is you know, sort of sexual stuff in it, it's not ever overdone sort of thing so no because you all you need to do and it also goes to the theme of horror Mm. it's not necessarily about what you show yeah but it's about the the image it's about making if you can make the audience feel the effect without having to show it Mm. which good horror i think does i mean you look at the classics like jaws you don't see the shark for a lot of the film yeah even though that was actually not intended originally, mm. but it was because the shark malfunctioned. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it worked. Yeah. And things like The Shining, where a lot of it, you're not actually seeing much, but it's the mm. psychological fuckery. Yeah. You know, all the great Halloween, you don't actually see Michael Myers that much in mm. the original. It's, you know, you, you can you can make people scared yeah. without showing a lot. Um, and I think that's a much... It's it's just a much cleverer way yeah. of doing it. It's you know you can easily just have a sex scene, or you can easily have someone mm. you know stabbed to death a hundred times. Yeah, uh, but it, you know it doesn't necessarily mean. That, I mean, after a while as well, it the, the impact's lost. Yeah. Game of Thrones being the perfect example, sex scene violence, sex scene violence. By the time you get to the third season, it's you're desensitized n- to has it. Has no impact. Has yeah. no impact. Mm. So it's unnecessary. Yeah. What is also great about this film is I've forgotten what I was going to say. Did? <laughs> <laughs> well, bugger. Oh, oh yes, that's it. The way they tackle men- mental health is always a tricky one in film, mm. but they do it very well. Yeah, um, because there's I'm basically I will say this: you don't know until a certain point or maybe you don't know ever if what she's seen if she can see ghosts mm-hmm. if it's a mental health issue or what it is but if you went say for the route of mental health it does it in a very uh respectful and clever way mm. it reminded me of the joker yeah the way I was it approaches say that too. uh mental illness mm. um because there are moments where she does things which are like fuck Mm. but she they convey that she really has no awareness that she's doing it yeah and it's as a result of her experiencing this trauma yeah one of my uh problems with the film is i don't think it carries it through completely to the end Mm. um but we can't talk about that until the spoiler section which will be any second now but i personally do feel that it because it's it's not that long a film Mm -hmm that it kind of, it doesn't see it through enough. Mm. Rushes um, the end slightly. Rushes the end yeah, slightly. I think that. Um, but, I mean, that's quite a minor concern. The only other thing I would say, which I wasn't so sure about, and this is crazy coming from me, because the film suited me perfectly, because it had moments where it jumps, but mm. they're all kind of um, red herrings. They're, mm. uh, they're, f- they're, 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 they're not really jump scares, mm. but it will be like someone will walk out on the road and a taxi will blare at them. Yeah. It's aimed to make you jump. But they're done very well, even though I didn't yes, actually although, jump. 
the taxi driving out that's actually a foreshadowing thing but we won't go into that yet yeah yeah but, but i mean there's a part of how it's done well yeah. i mean th there's a lot of good kind of um it's not red herrings is it where you fool people into thinking it's a jump scare it's like a fake jump scare mm. a fake out i guess a fake out yeah. there's a lot there's quite a lot of fake outs but they're they're done mm. very well they're not scary i would say Although the woman in front of us did jump quite a lot, so maybe, yeah. but that might have just been just the volume. Yeah. Um, I would say the ghosts aren't scary as well. Hmm. Um, I'm going into spoilers, going there, so be careful okay. of that. <laughs> okay. So some of the things I'll just say this: some of the things that are supposed to be freaky, and I shouldn't be complaining because I don't like hot, uh, scary stuff. Mm -hmm. It just didn't look the production C value. CGI was the CGI not great. was an issue. Um, but I suppose they get a little bit away with it because of how dark those shots are. Yeah. But I think they would have been better off going with makeup rather than CGI. I agree, and I just I just felt at times the um, the intensity and the darkness of it was it's kind of lost a little because it looked a bit cheap. Yeah, and that could be that the film's low budget. Yeah, because it's a British film, and obviously Edgar Wright's got rep, but like you said he's he doesn't he's make never a that lot. successful he's never yeah. that successful so maybe there it was a budget constraint mm. but i just felt maybe it could have been that aspect of it could have been done a little bit better mm. however it wasn't a big enough issue that it took away from yeah. overall it's overall sort of film. there was enough else that was really spot on to combat that so yeah well we better find out what somebody else thinks yes Third opinion. Third time. opinion, indeed. Curtain time. Okay. Here it is. Blink ready for it. Blink doesn't give a shit. Hey! Anger. Pain. Ow. Fear. <laughs> Aggression. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was uh, exhilarating. Oh, yeah. Just like this film. Exactly. But we have been going for a while, so we've better gone to spoilers. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, which Fuck off. definitely don't listen to them if you haven't seen the film. Um, definitely go see the film at the cinema definitely see the if film. you can. Support Edgar Wright, because he's definitely the best British director that isn't Hollywood scale like Nolan is. Yeah. Yeah. If you like horror thrillers, you're, you're you like Edgar time. Wright. Um, and you want, but you want so you like Edgar Wright, but you want something slightly different from his repertoire. Yeah, Go you can have this. a good time. Yeah. Anyway, spoilers. Let's go. Uh, so starting start towards the beginning, her mother dying. We've already talked a little bit about this quite early on. Um, I suppose the point where it switches to getting really dark. Okay. So she go she goes to sleep again and she goes back to the sixties. She's she's changed her hair to look like Sandy's character. Yeah. And she's buying clothes and everything to match. She's she's kind of trying to turn into her. And she goes back to the point where she's gonna be singing on stage that night or at least she thinks she's going to be and when she comes out it's another woman singing and she's just one of the side dancers which looked like madonna was it madonna i'm not sure would the lead the lead singer dancer might have been not sure Maybe not. um but yeah then it cuts to the backstage you realize she's so sandy's been really confident and really sure of herself that she can just barge in and become like top top billing sort of singer straight away and you start to realize that she isn't. She's still having to work her way up. And because she's attractive, she's going to get, um, unfortunately, the bad kind of attention. And that's when Matt Smith's character starts becoming um, very sleazy and starts dragging her and sort of basically whoring her out for... He basically becomes her pimp. Um, and the scene where she's walking through backstage and you see all like the women doing drugs and everything like that. Oh God, yeah. That was fucking, that was brutal, that scene, because it just completely changes the tone of everything else in the film from that point on. Yeah. And it's very well done. I that's That scene alone is probably the main reason it's an 18. Um, yeah, quite possibly. But yeah, it's really, that's when the sort of, any of the sort of 
uh, how can I put it, like the joy of the film becomes very sinister and becomes very dark. And I think that's a very powerful scene to show in order to create that. And it was very unexpected, I thought. Um, yeah. I, I agree. And I, I think what a clever decision was, there's a bit of a jump. So she's, when she comes into that scene, they have shown a little bit before that kind of it, things have taken a slightly darker turn with Jack being a bit more kind of mm. aggressive, well, aggressive towards her, but it's not, you know, it's not hugely apparent. And yeah. I think it was quite a clever decision for her to walk down into the, into the place and mm. then see her. So it was a shock to Ellie as well. Mm. That had more impact than if they'd shown the in-between bits. Yeah. Um, which is the, I guess it's the advantage of having it being like a going back in time or, yeah. or, or hallucinating it because it's, it can jump forwards in time yeah. and then you can get darker and darker that way. But then, yeah. So straight after that scene, it cuts to her back in to Sandy back in the bedroom. And then you find out she has actually done what Matt Smith's character, Jack wanted her to do, which was sleep with the, the owner of the club or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. And that's when it starts getting really dark and moving on to sort of, um sandy's sort of breakdown and downfall um and that's where um eloise or ellie's character starts becoming darker in the future as well and she's sort of starting to become very miserable um but her visions of the past are no longer just in her dreams she starts seeing them in in the day and she starts just having freak outs and them just happening like the nightclub for the the halloween night and everything um and yeah, it becomes, it, that's when it becomes very sinister and it becomes a lot more sort of dangerous rather than it being all exciting that she can sort of see the 60s and everything. It's It becomes very dark and sinister. Um, other spoiler-wise, though, you're pretty much going to the main ones, really. So yeah. um, the, what's the older actor's name again? The, Diana Rigg. No, the other guy, the old man. Oh, Terrence Stamp. Terrence yeah. Stamp. So yeah, Terrence Stamp is a character that, the film is very clearly trying to display as Matt Smith's character in the future, but it isn't him. It's actually a cop that Sandy spoke to in one scene. Yeah. Um, that's when, so you're only listening to this if you've seen the film. So the twist that Sandy is actually the killer, not Matt Smith. And she's been killing all of these men that she, that he's bought, Ma- bought him with. with yeah. Whether or not she actually slept with them, I wonder is, I wonder if she just killed them first. No, she. Yeah, I'm mm. pretty sure she did. Um, I know she slept with some of them, but maybe not all of them. She started killing them after a certain point. But um, mm. she also kills Matt Smith's character. But basically, the older guy, she starts accusing him of being Jack, and that she that he'd killed her and everything, and he she needed to know where she'd been taken to. But yeah, it turns out he's he's the cop who was trying to help her. Um, and he gets hit by this is what i meant by the foreshadowing that the taxis keep almost hitting her yeah, and then, and then hits him yeah. um uh then as soon as you found out he was the cop i was like okay sandy's alive and she's the killer that's when i worked out the twist but that was like minutes before it revealed it anyway and sometimes so even if you well. figure out a twist it's still a good yeah, twist yeah it's it was still a good twist and i didn't expect cuz the trailers make out that that guy is matt smith i thought oh, okay you've given too much away in your trailers again they yeah. use giving away too much in trailers as a, a red herring yeah it's in great. some films the one of the best films for it, i think is that chris pratt and passengers passengers yeah i can't remember what's the actress's name jennifer Famous. lawrence jennifer lawrence in the trailers yeah that they, they use the trailers very well they know you've seen these trailers and they completely throw you off as to what's going to happen um this does the same thing i think and yeah her being the killer and how many people she'd killed and there's a lot of foreshadowing that i can remember there's a bit towards the beginning where she says oh in the summer you'll have to put the plugs in to stop the smells from coming up yeah that'll be all the dead bodies because it doesn't just smell for the sake of it in london it's not that bad (laughs) i did think that was a weird line yeah i thought that too i thought "Hmm." i was like i suppose it's an old house so maybe drainage and stuff but yeah yeah um so yeah i think the point at which i figured it out was just at the right time but i did have a suspicious feeling that the landlord was going to be her i just i know i I felt that quite early on but i didn't get the idea that she could have been the killer but i thought that was quite clever 
it's also a very good technique in terms of so she she's already kind of losing it ellie's character mm. so she starts to she starts to freak out obviously it's it's a very good pacing because she starts to become fucked up when she sees what's happening to sandy in the mm. past and she can't do anything there's that brilliant scene where she's banging on the glass to stop yeah. sandy um and it's cracking um because she all she can do is witness mm. Um, and witness these horrible events take place. So obviously that's having a mental toll on her. And then obviously she sees what she thinks is Sandy getting murdered and that sort of, so, mm. so it's, it's ramping up, it's ramping up. So And then she's obviously trying to get this old guy, uh, Terrence Stamp, mm. to catch him out. Yeah. But he's too crafty for her. And then she th- she thinks okay she's on to something so that's what she's that's what she's holding on to. There's a bit in the library where she's looking into everything, mm. so at least she can try and get to the bottom of it. It's like a a detective role she's got she's got a purpose. But then when the twist happens, then the the floor is literally pulled from underneath her. Yeah, and she was already in not a good state. Yeah, so it's just further sending her, uh, kind of off res off off the diving board yeah um which is a very clever way of doing it um because then it means that she's just just getting worse and worse mm. um yeah um and then i suppose the ending the ending i think i can see what you mean after it's all over it kind of rushes hey she's now an art student and she's happy it's the epilogue isn't yeah. it it's not not the the showdown the showdown was okay that there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> again i did think it was a bit it was a bit it was a bit too much of a happy ending. I think it could have been quite brave to end it with her being put in the ambulance and then it goes dark for a second. I think that could have been quite a brave ending to do. Yeah. I, I'm in two minds because <laughs> I don't want another Joker in some ways no. because that was depressing. So Yeah, you kind of want her to have a little bit of happiness at the end. So it's not so bad that she has it. Yeah, and but she it doesn't, doesn't quite fit the rest of the film. She also doesn't go <clears> far <throat> enough, like Arthur Fleck, to be like, "Oh, okay, now I don't sympathise with her." Mm. She, you still kind of want to fight her corner, mm. so you want that cathartic ending. I do but... feel that they pulled off the so when all the ghosts of the men were begging um, Ellie to to kill Sandy, and she's like, "No," because they still deserved what they got, but. I thought that was quite well done because you do somewhat still sympathize with Sandy because she went through hell. She oh, may have killed everybody, time. but she got she got pushed to do that sort of thing. And I thought that was quite clever. That's that aspect of it's really good because you can't argue with what she did. No. Um, okay, from a law perspective. Yeah. But what happened to her? Yeah. Is it's like well, they did deserve it. Yeah. I mean whether it's right or wrong to kill someone yeah but you know it's not like they were innocent in the whole situation no <laughs> the one thing i did think though which was i guess it's because uh ellie didn't realize it the character but the um, <laughs> sandy goes to cut her own throat mm-hmm. and ellie stops her but then sandy just stays in the room and burns to death and i was thinking Probably would have been a better way to go by slitting her own throat. <laughs> well, she could have gone but, and picked but, the knife back up. But I think Ellie obviously didn't realise that she was going to not... Yeah. That she was going to stay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also I just thought... Yeah, it's like... You know, and the other guy was fine. Her love interest was fine. and Yeah. So, like, there wasn't really... Like, the danger kind of lost it a bit at the end just because everyone was fine. Yeah. Um, That's why I think it could have been better if it ended, for like, three, like, three minutes earlier. So you just didn't have that epilogue, but also, yeah, it could have been a bit too depressing. They, well, the, what they could have done, I think, might be more interesting is when she sees Sandy at the end in the mirror, it could have freaked her out as opposed to her smiling. Yeah. So it's like that idea of it's the happy ending. She's got her degree. Um, she's presumably now uh, got got the boyfriend as well, mm. and then she sees Sandy, and then she's like, "Oh fuck, she's still there." Yeah, and it's like a kind of unsettling that ending. could have been so it's like a mixture of where she's technically happy but it's never going to go away yeah whereas what they opted for was oh she's come to terms with it yeah which i can kind of see because she's like found a way to deal with it mm. but for me personally because the rest of the film was so dark 
it would have been better to end it with yeah, that being a, thing a bit like, of a dark thing. Oh shit! Um, but I suppose the end, uh, we didn't mention this. The main thing, but one thing is worth mentioning is the costume design was very well done. Oh yeah, great. like the set design, everything was incredible. Set, yeah, we should have mentioned the set. The set, the sets were mm. great, especially obviously the sixties. Yeah, London was um really well brought to life. Mm. Um, obviously neither of us were there. Yeah, but it, it really made you kind of get an insight into it. Yeah, it's got that kind of history history look to it i like i saw a thing edgar wright saying he was obsessed he's always been obsessed with decades before him Mm. i kind of feel the same way like i i'm obsessed with the 90s even though technically i was too young to remember a lot of it but a lot of the stuff i like is from early 90s i would have been fucking one or two (laughs) yeah i very much like the 80s for example and 80s films in particular i'm fucking obsessed with and it's just like you know that wasn't even my era mm. so i think a lot of people do look back mm. um and obviously ellie's the personification of that yeah but i think it for the yeah for the tying into the set design scene and at the end credits show all the still shots yeah apparently they took them during covid oh, right. because all, They're all empty all of london was empty so they got those shots and it's got it's got that really nice kind of slice of history aspect mm. to it as well um which I think as well with his other films, it's like a mishmash of like, you know, you've got Tony Scott references, mm. Bad Boys references, but they do it all in a film. So all of his films previously <coughs> hybrids, the fact that he's focused in on one decade in particular, mm. I think I quite liked. Yeah, it's, it's very different. focused. It's film. very focused. There isn't really a wasted scene. No. And yeah. you get a, a, a more overall picture of the 60s as a whole mm. or the mid 60s which obviously is kind of specifically yeah. focusing on i suppose it's pretty much it really yeah i've been going for quite a while so and the mirrors are fucking great in it yeah so yeah, many a lot of cracked a lot of smashed mirrors and glass as well the dancing scene as well so he's dancing with sandy and it turns mm. to ellie so every time she goes out of shot it mm-hmm. comes back yeah as, it it's really well put together yeah once again like perfect editing perfect editing yeah. camera the camera work editing and score complements each other so well yeah that it just flows yeah and he's always been good at orchestrating that edgar right he picks the right people and it just another one in the bag for edgar right basically yeah mm. right well thank you for listening thank you people and uh we'll f- sign off this week um live long and prosper that'll do <laughs> Fuck off.